You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, NFL fans? This is your man, Tony Wiggins, along with James Rapine with another edition of Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. What is going on, James? Not much, man. Where the countdown to the NFL draft is on, 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 and uh, some more movement potentially happening this week or in the coming days, which uh, we like here on Locked On NFL. I know. Are you mock drafted out? Mock drafted out? Because, you know, there comes a point, just like in the preseason, we wait for these games to start in the preseason. And usually some at some point between week two and three, we're like, come on, get this over with already. Usually with draft Twitter, I get to a point where I hit a little bit of a wall. It hasn't happened yet. I'm not there yet. Are you are you there yet? I'm not there yet. And part of it is, is because I've only done three mock drafts. My, my fourth actually just just came out today, if you're listening on Wednesday. So uh, I've guarded myself some because I knew that in see, I've experienced this because I cover the Bengals and people right. look in Cincinnati, look forward to the draft in like November. Well, if you start talking about the draft in November, by the time we get to April, you're going to be fatigued. Well, mm-hmm. I've, I've paced myself, so I'm ready to, to hit my stride here. So no, I'm not mock drafted out. And I think the, the potential movement, San Francisco moving up, you know, the talk about other movement with the Falcons, which we'll get into in a second. I think that's helped make it fresh and keep it, Keep us on our toes a bit. I think for me, too, it was because I haven't sat around in the barbershop or in my office, which is one and the same, and watched the combine like over and over and over and over again and heard those same things and watched the 40 times and the three come. I haven't watched that stuff. So I think sometimes the overkill that we're used to, because we don't have it now, we're, we're jonesing for something. So I no, I haven't hit that wall yet. I haven't hit the, the point where I'm like, Come on, draft. Get here. Hurry up. And and you're right with the movement. Uh, the movement has definitely had an impact on us all. Speaking of which, because of said movement, let's get right to it. Uh, I'm gonna let everybody know what today's show has. In the the third segment where we do the draft and we discuss the draft, we're gonna talk about uh, rise and surprise. The prospect that on draft night will shock you where he will get drafted, and maybe we'll also discuss someone who may go low since someone is going to go high. Segment number two, we're going to talk about some teams that pick early, the Jets and the Jags, and two years from now, where you think those two teams will be ranked. One team's trying to win now. The other team is kind of slow-rolled it, but they have a plethora of picks coming up. And we're also going to take a look at the team that never seems to be in a position that James and I both think may end up being that way, and that's the Steelers. It does not look bright for them in the next few years. We won't bury the lead, and I'm going to let James start this off because it was a wonderful topic that he brought up. The draft starts with the Falcons at four. That sounds like something that you'd hear on the news uh, as a segue before you start a newscast. The Falcons at four when we return, all right? But, James, the Falcons at four, explain what that is and why that means so much uh, to our listeners. Plenty of options in Atlanta. And Adam Schefter on Tuesday reporting that the Falcons have been contacted by multiple teams about trading that fourth pick. Obviously, when you move up, uh, you're doing so for a quarterback. So we know three quarterbacks are going to go off the board. Your, your, your Jags are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to see probably, I, I think it's 99% Zach Wilson of BYU is the second pick. 
And then three, it gets interesting. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? Not sure, but teams interested in moving up to that fourth pick. And heck, Atlanta could use a Justin Fields. Atlanta could use a Trey Lance, right? Heck, maybe even Mac Jones if they feel uh, high on him, even though I love the idea of having an elite athlete, a quarterback in that dome in Atlanta. I, you know, it just it's almost right. like Michael Vick all over again if you could do that with a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, but it sounds like they're content with Matt Ryan. And given where they're at offensively, they still have weapons. Julio Jones, obviously Calvin Ridley. I get it. I get wanting to move down and potentially address the defense. You're not taking Micah Parsons at four. No. As, as, as good as he is and as much of a freak as he is, if you can move down from four to nine or even farther, you're going to get first after first and, and have a chance to really rebuild that defense and make another run with Matt Ryan in a division that's kind of remade, but Drew Brees isn't there anymore. And Tom Brady is 43 years old. Right. And and now, you know, a couple of years ago, you had Drew Brees and you had um, Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. And now you have Jameis Winston and Sam Darnold. So now the Falcons are clearly the team with the second best quarterback in that division. And the first, the GOAT is going to turn 61 next year. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing with Matt Ryan being 36. If you look at his tape, you have to ask yourself, has his arm taken a backseat or, or is his arm not as lively? I don't think the answer is yes. I think it's no. The, the question with Matt Ryan is, have you ever held him in as high, as high esteem, as high of esteem as the people who think he has always been super elite? I never have. I've never placed him in the top five category. Even the year that didn't he win the MVP? I, I've never put yeah. him in that category. I've never thought that he should have been ranked right along with um, the Aaron Rodgers of the world and the Tom Brady's. I've never had him that high. I always thought that there were some deficiencies with him as a football player. So the thing is, is that shouldn't blind me into thinking that is he still capable when you surround him with parts at 36 years old? Does he still have his legs? Does he still have his arm? Does he still have his IQ? He absolutely does, especially when you look at quarterbacks like him that play until they're 41 years old. He's he's from that breeze and that Brady class when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it would be premature to give up on him if you, if you don't think he's lost anything. And Terry Fontenot, who just came from New Orleans, and he saw that exact same situation, might just be a guy who says, you know what? No, we're going to stick with him and we're going to ride this thing out for a few years longer. And it's really what what do you want to do when you have a new head coach, when you have a new GM? Do you want to try to win right away? Or are you saying, hey, we're going to be winners in three years? And to me, if they stick with Ryan and they still may take a quarterback, this could be them just picking up the phone. It doesn't hurt to pick up the phone and listen. It doesn't. And, and entertain offers and say, man, we really love Justin Fields or we really love Trey Lance uh, or we really love Mac Jones and we're willing to take one of them. But if that offer sweet enough, we're willing to move back. And they're in a great position because the, you're right. The draft starts with them. And let's say they don't want a quarterback. Well, I think Kyle Pitts would look good in that Superdome. He would. I, I think, oh, my Lord, you, you're talking about Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and, and Matt Ryan throwing to, to Kyle Pitts over the middle. I mean, they so there are options and there's nothing better in the NFL draft than options. And so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I agree with you with Matt Ryan. If you put those pieces around him, you give him a defense 
I still think he's got something left. And, and again, if you want to win soon, well, then you're not going with the young quarterback. You're not rebuilding in a division that let's be honest, Sean Payton has something to, to, to prove here. And he thinks probably in his mind, Hey, we're not taking a step back. We're going to win 10 games this year. Uh, you know, maybe we'll win the division. I don't, I, I don't view him that way, but they probably think that in New Orleans, Carolina thinks they're going to make a push now with right. Sam Darnold. That, that's how they view it. Mm-hmm. So the Falcons, um, th- they're going to be trying to do the same. So it's, it's an interesting NFC South as things change, but it looks like we are going to see Matt Ryan uh, at least for a couple more years in Atlanta. Well, you need a dance partner. And while this is not the cha-cha slide, there is a question. How low can you go? You know, how low do you go? Do you go down to 12? Do you go down to 13? Or do you go down to 15? And if you go down to 15, that means Bill Belichick uh, has to come on down and make a deal. So does New England dangle someone like Stefan Gilmore? And maybe, uh, uh, of course, the 15th pick, Stefan Gilmore, a third and possibly a second or, or first or second next year. Is that enough ammunition for the Falcons to be able to go down and sit at 15 and then get Michael Parsons, like you just said, right? Mm-hmm. If he's there. Right. And get more ammunition. And for the Patriots to come up and get someone who has been mentored by Cam Newton in Justin Fields at number four and have New England go ahead and say, you know what, that's going to be our guy for the next 15 years. And who better to him, who better for him to learn from than a guy who's seven on 17, he used to play quarterback for back in Georgia. It's a great fit. And it's a great point. I do wonder if Bill Belichick in these Patriots now are eyeing it, the, the opportunities there for him. And I think it's, if they want to build a winner without Brady, they have to find a long-term answer at quarterback. They just do, right? The Jets, they might have theirs in Zach Wilson. The Bills think they do. The Dolphins pretty much view Tua Tungavailoa as their guy. I mean, there's a reason they move back, uh, way back, and then back up to, to potentially get a weapon for Tua. So, Patriots, we know it's not Cam long-term. And, and that's it's really the big question here, Tony. You know, are they willing to do it, and are the Falcons willing to go down to 15? But from a Falcons perspective, and we can focus on New England in a minute, from a Falcons perspective, if you can get Gilmore and multiple draft picks in that first, second round range, including 15, obviously. Well, 15 can be an edge rusher all day. Parsons isn't there. Uh, there's going to be multiple other guys that are potentially there at 15 that you can get that are probably top top of the board type guys. And uh, now you're feeling better about the direction of your defense because you have a corner, uh, a number one corner to go with your, your young secondary and you're adding potentially an edge or, or someone like that at 15 and, and you're getting multiple other draft picks too. So I think it makes sense for Atlanta to, to go to that range because again, I think most of the top 10 is going to be offensive players. So if you're just dropping down to nine, yeah, you could take a corner, but you're only addressing you know one need there. If you go down to 15, yeah, maybe yeah. a corner falls anyways, but if you're getting Gilmore plus, mm-hmm. that's a great place to be. It absolutely is. We're going to talk more about the Patriots and the Jags and the Jets and then the Steelers. We're going to do that in segment two here on a Wednesday with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins on Locked On NFL. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet, and it's my go-to each and every day after my workouts. You need to check them out because we're all working on getting that summer bod post-quarantine, right? You want to be in shape when you hit the beach this summer. Well, 
Built Bar can help get you there. They have 18 amazing flavors. And here's the best part about Built Bar. It's not that they're packed in 100% chocolate or that they taste amazing and it tastes like a candy bar. It's the fact that they're going to fit your macros. Whatever your diet is, they're going to help you reach it. It's perfect macros, high protein, low sugar, low calorie, perfect for you. So check them out right now, builtbar.com. And when you're there and you go to check out, make sure you use promo code LOCK15 because you're going to get 15% off your next order. It's simple. Check them out. You can thank us later, builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, man, we're back here on a Wednesday on Locked on NFL. Your man, Tony Wiggins and James Rapine. And I have to remind you of the great Peter Bukowski and the Locked on Today podcast, which hits you upside your head early in the morning and wakes you right on up like a hot cup of coffee and gives you all of the great sports stories from around the world of sports. And it gives you a chance to hear and talk, uh, hear talk uh, from the local experts about those stories. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So please subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast with the great Peter Bukowski. We were talking about the Patriots. The Patriots are in a pretty good situation considering they did not make the playoffs. It's almost as if they had to sacrifice that one year to be uh, within range to be able to get good players. They also uh, purged uh, financially so that they were able to sign players in a free agency. So now with all of that dominance, they were able to take a bad year and then turn around and regroup. Whereas a team like the Steelers were 11-0 at one point, James, but people knew it was smoke and mirrors. And then they proceeded to look like the worst team in the NFL for the rest of the season, went into the playoffs, got smacked upside of the head. Now they have an old quarterback. They have uh, no money to go out in free agency. They have uh, an old team with a bad offensive line, a bunch of guys retired. They have a lot of holes that they cannot fill, and they're picking in the 20s. This is a bad spot for a team to be in. And for a team that has three coaches in my entire 51 and a half years of living, they've been the model of consistency and had the ability to always stay relevant. But it looks as if unless they hit home runs this year in the draft and some of their young players develop mighty fast, they're headed to a point where a lot of teams have to go and that is not one year like the Patriots, but multiple years of rebuilding and retooling. And we just have not seen Pittsburgh in this position in the past. It's going to be so damn interesting to see what they do. Obviously, quarterback is a need. They have Dwayne Haskins on the roster. But what do you do with Big Ben after this year? And some of the numbers look good, but you clearly saw him fizzle out at the end. And here's the thing with Ben. You mentioned in the Brady mold. He hasn't been that. He's not the guy that shows up early and stays late and has the best diet and, and works out like crazy uh, with, with different with yoga, right? My man uh, picks up a dumbbell after a whole offseason and throws a couple of footballs and says, all right, let's go. Let's lace him up. Well, are you really planning to your 40s with that type of diet, with that type of, of lifestyle? And the answer is probably not, at least not at a high level. And, and I think that's the difference when you look at some of these guys, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, their lives revolve around it. Drew Brees, they're going to maximize everything they can get out of it despite their age. Ben Roethlisberger's never been that guy. He's never been the let me grind and watch film for 52 hours a, uh, you know, a day or, or in a three-day span. Tom Brady kicked his family out during Super Bowl week. He's like, hey, this is my house now. It's time for me to, it's time for me to study film. And that's just not Ben. And 
That's the scary part to me, because if you're the Steelers and there's no long-term solution at quarterback, I can figure out everything else. I can find an offensive line. They're great at drafting receivers and they have a good core there. But if you have a question at quarterback and your quarterback who's supposed to be this veteran leader isn't doing and putting in the time and you brought him back, man, I'm not saying Ben has to have a six pack, but you've got to be in shape. And he just, he's never really been in shape. He's had a ton of injuries and work ethic has always been a question mark with him. I wouldn't have committed to him like they did this year. And I think it is going to cost him. You're right. Unless they somehow find a different solution or a backup plan at quarterback between now and the start of the season. I'm shocked. They didn't make a move for a more established player like Jameis Winston. And they're just going to sit here and ride Rudolph as a backup to Ben. I have a name. Talk to me. Teddy Bridgewater is available. Yeah. Yeah. They could restructure his deal. He could restructure his deal to facilitate a trade to Pittsburgh. He's safe. He's like the anti-Ben, right? He's going to maximize everything he can do uh, post that. He's he's the younger Charlie Batch, you remember? Yeah. 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 You're right. I absolutely remember Charlie Batch. He's going to dink and dunk it if you need him, but I think he's a perfect backup in the league. Yeah. I think he, yeah, a, a backup and a guy who can start. In a pinch, they're they're in a precarious situation up there, and it's one we haven't seen them in for a while. This may be finally what really undoes it for Mike Tomlin. And Tomlin is one of my favorite coaches. But this might be because of their failures. And I hate to say this about Pittsburgh. They've kind of failed at team building here and, and, and kind of missed the boat by staying true to the way things have always gone up there. But things have really, really changed. And I think what they were doing was making another run at it with the pounces and, 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 and Ben, and, and they were really trying to get after it, but it's just not happening for them. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward Two young teams or bad teams picking at the top of the draft. Uh, I saw Gil Brandt yesterday. Um, I think it was Gil Brandt. I, I get all of these dudes mixed up. that used to work <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, but uh, someone tweeted that, if they were had the number one pick that they weren't sure who they'd take between Lawrence and Wilson. And it, and he was shocked that urban Meyer didn't go to the workout. Well, nobody in I'm in Jacksonville. Nobody around here is shocked that urban didn't go to the workout. Urban came out of when you literally come out of retirement to coach a player, nothing's going to knock you off your pivot. You're going to take that guy. Okay. That's the dude. If you know, for, for whatever everybody's talking about, Trevor Lawrence would have had to basically screw that workout up for Urban Meyer to change his mind, and he did not do that. So that's neither here nor there. But I will tell you this. I saw today that because of the trade, over not even including this year, over the next three years, the Jets have seven picks in the first two rounds, including the two that they have this year. That's a lot. And they have other picks in the second and third round and they they had a nice little haul in free agency this year urban is going to be ultra aggressive and try to really really go after it and win right now who do you think has the leg up two years from now is it all about those two quarterbacks just them or since the jets have basically had their plan in place a year earlier do the jaguars are, are, are the jaguars really a year behind or in two years which one of these teams do you think is going to be better? Jaguars. There you go. I, you know, I kind of I, I kind of knew where I was going. You know, I, I didn't want to be accused of asking leading questions, James, but there <laughs> well, you go. Well, here's why. I mean, there's a few reasons. One, let's look at division. And 
maybe Zach Wilson is that dude. But I know Buffalo's, you know, they're on the upswing. They're going to be really good for a long time. I think Miami's headed in the right direction. They're going to be really good for a long time. And, and again, the Jets, they can't go anywhere but up. And then, by the way, Bill Belichick's still in the division. Right. Maybe he does get his quarterback fourth overall. Either way, they went 7-9 and nine last year, and everyone wants to bury him like he's the worst coach ever. No, he's still really damn good. Right. So uh, that's still a tough division. When I look at the Jags, yeah, you know, you, you do have some tough opponents, obviously the Colts, right? But the Texans, I have no idea what the hell is going on there. And I'll leave nobody, it at that. Nobody does. The, the Titans, I think they're fine. I'm not scared of Ryan Tannehill. Man. Derrick Henry, a, a, another year or two. We'll see. Can they rebuild that defense, by the way? That's a question that I, I want to know that I have for Tennessee, even though they are pretty consistent there. So I think the window's open. And then three. Who am I? Who am I trusting here? And I know Robert Salah has a ton of respect in the league, but I think Urban Meyer is going to have success because the reason, the reason, and I know people are talking about, oh, Nick Saban almost got into a fight with former players. The reason Nick Saban didn't succeed in the NFL wasn't because he was a college coach that had never experienced life in the NFL. The dude coached in the NFL with the he Browns, and the right? And people forget that, right? Yeah, people forget it, right? It, the reason he didn't succeed is because he didn't have a quarterback. Well, does Urban have a quarterback? Oh, okay, he does. He's going to do, in my opinion, what Pete Carroll did early on in Seattle. Oh, I've been following this college game. I know which guys are going to succeed in the pros. Mm -hmm. The next three years, the Jags should just smoke people in the draft. They should just crush it. Not just with the first pick with Trevor Lawrence, 25th overall, 33rd overall. They should be able to take advantage and maximize th their assets here because Urban – is as close to these college prospects as anybody. So right. th that's that's a huge edge to me. And I do like Lawrence a little bit more than Wilson, but I think both could succeed. So you look at the division, you look at the coaches, um, you look at the quarterbacks. I, I think it is, it's probably going to be Jacksonville. I do too. And um, I, I, and I'm not, and I'm trying not to appear to be biased here. I just think that they're going to be better off because of the very reasons that you just said, because of the um, the acumen and, and the expertise that Urban has in the draft. One thing that pe when people talk about coaches that make the jump, folks have seemed to gloss over the fact that both Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh had an advantage when they initially and, and both those guys went to schools on the, on the West Coast, too, mm -hmm. and they coached right there on the West Coast. I, I recall a story that, and, and I don't want to get this wrong and I don't want to jack this story all up, but I recall a story that Richard Sherman said he went to Stanford and him and Harbaugh used to get into it all the time. Harbaugh wanted to move him to wide receiver. And Pete Carroll remembered recruiting him out of South Central, L.A. or mm -hmm. Compton or wherever he was from. So when Carroll took him in Seattle, he knew all about him. And he knew he could be a great corner and he, and, he, and he knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer because he remembered him from high school, regardless of what he went through at Stanford. Yep. That, it's that kind of stuff. It's those little no things. Yep. It's that little stuff right there, that advantage. And for instance, everybody's around here wondering if the Jaguars are going to take Pat Frymuth from Penn State. Not only is Penn State's former tight end coach, the Jaguars tight end coach, Urban recruited that kid. Urban recruited half of these kids that you see in the draft right now. He recruited them. He recruited Trevor Lawrence. Sure. These, the, most of these guys that are in the draft took recruiting visits to Ohio State if they were in the top 100. He knew them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then he watched them. And then a lot of these coaches, Chris Ash coached at Texas. 
And before that, he was at Rutgers. They recruited these kids. They know them. And so they know traits and characteristics. They know makeup and they know what these kids. It gives you a little bit more information. So wherever they fell short in free agency and not really having a chance to talk to and be able to really sink their fingernails into the players that were in free agency, they're not going to have that shortcoming during the draft. They, they are going to shine on draft night. They might not get the players that people expect because of these mocks that are out here, but you watch, and I'm not just talking about the easy scouting, the first, second, and third round. You watch them in the fifth and the sixth round and the guys that they end up with. It's going to be tremendous. And that's where Carroll dominated, right? Sherman. He wasn't a third rounder. He, uh, and, Cam Chancellor. All of those dudes. No doubt. I, you know, it, but but if you mix that with an Earl Thomas, right. round one that everybody knew was great. Right. Now you got something. Right. And, and that's that really is the key. So the, the blueprints there, I've thought from day one that Urban's going to succeed there. We'll, we'll see if he does. And that doesn't mean that I don't think the Jets can have success. I think both teams, look, anytime – there's optimism around the Bengals when they took Joe Burrow, and there still is because of Burrow. Anytime you get a franchise QB, and if that guy ends up being that, there's going to be optimism. So uh, I, I think both teams could be not only heading in the right direction, but turn a corner here. But I, I like Jacksonville a little bit more long term. No doubt the NFL draft is fast approaching. Guys who will rise and surprise in our third and final segment here on a Wednesday with James Rapine. We'll have that in just a second here on Locked on NFL. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. As Tony just mentioned, the NFL draft just over three weeks away. And you know what that means? Get off the sideline and make sure you get in on NFL draft prop bets. You might as well wager. You're going to be paying attention to the draft and listening to Locked On NFL. Well, guess what else you should do? Make a little money while you're watching the draft. And you can do so if you go to betonline.ag right now. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best ways. Uh, best place to pay, place your bets and it's free to sign up. And if you go to betonline.ag right now and you sign up for free, like I mentioned, but you make that first deposit so you can get off on the side, get off the sidelines, get in on the action. Guess what? You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. All you got to do is use promo code locked on. So again, if I don't stumble here, betonline.ag promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hope you won some money last night. I, I, I've been trying to tell. I, I told people Baylor was going to win that game, man. You got to recognize the that quickness and athleticism. Sometimes you just don't see it. You just don't see it. If you don't know how to watch tape and see these prospects, locked on NFL and draft dudes, Benjamin Solak, as well as Trevor Sakima, can definitely do that for you. Let them be your eyes and your ears as they look at these prospects and give you an idea of what your teams are going to do. And you can subscribe to that podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Break it down with Solak and Sakima on NFL, locked on NFL and on draft dudes. Um, rise and surprise. There are always these draft day surprises, James. It doesn't mean they're going to end up Hall of Famers, but I got two guys in mind, right? Um they just got nasty written all over them and they just got NFL written all over them. And 10 years from now, they're going to be household names. I'll go first with these two. And I want you to tell me what you think. Tevin Jenkins. Mm -hmm. He just, there's just something about that kid. It's like he has those glasses on and, and he'll fool you with those looks. And then you see him in a weight room and it looks like a maniac. And then you see the testing with those long arms and you find out he can play both guards, both tackles. 
And guys like that, coaches absolutely love. And he has that tenacity that he's just going to whip people every every single day in the NFL. And he practices hard, probably loves practice more than he loves the games. Guys like that seem to have a tendency to be very, very successful in the NFL. And the other one is UCF safety, Richard Grant. When you watch him play, there's not a team that he doesn't fit. The, the, the dude is, is a headhunter. When you watch the tape, he's like, I think everyone else is playing in slow motion and he, he looks like he's, he looks like he's trying to hurt people. And if, if you were watching this, if you were watching <laughs> Richie Grant play and imagine they were little leaguers, the other parents should have been getting mad saying, no, that kid's 31. He's not 12. Get him off the field. That's what I see when I see them. And usually and generally guys like that are very successful in the NFL. And I think NFL scouts are going to see it. I would not be surprised if we got to pick 21 and both are gone. I wouldn't be either. And I'll talk about Jenkins because I've, I've focused so damn much on offensive line in this draft. That was a guy that you thought, maybe he's going to be a guard, you know, at the next level. And then he tests and the arm length is there. And obviously the tape is there. And so I think you're right. Top 20 pick would not shock me at all. Certainly a first rounder. You could pencil that in. Uh, he's a guy that's going to go ahead of, I think some of these other names, because there are a lot of names in this draft. Yeah that I, I think might fall. Like Sam Cosme, I wouldn't be shocked if he falls to the I like him, round. though. I, like I do. Him. I do. But 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 to me, if you're looking at tackle, not just uh, maybe he'll play tackle eventually, but he's going to be a guard now. Well, then I'm putting Jenkins ahead of Alex Leatherwood. I'm putting Jenkins ahead of Sam Cosme. I have him ahead of those guys. So if you're a notch above or notch two above and you're picking 21st in the draft or 24th in the draft, well, guess what? He's not going to be there in the second round. There's no chance because you have him ahead. So you're going to take him there and, and feel good about it. I'll give you one guy. And there are some that have him pretty high. Others that are, are mixed. Um, I don't think anyone dislikes him. But I think Rashad Bateman is going to uh, potentially go ahead of Devontae Smith. I wouldn't be shocked, man. I wouldn't be shocked if he does it. He might get the not, the, the edge over Waddle, too, depending on – where are those receivers go? I think they might James. Fall, fall. You don't think so? James. I think he might. I think he could go top 12. I wouldn't be shocked. And, and let me tell you why. I just have this Waddle. This The thing with Waddle, man, is just, he, he's just. I'm not saying w- I w- feel w- that Waddle's way. a little Odell to me, but but here's the. And they, and I like Waddle at, you know those dudes, at five. You he's know those he's dudes, my number two right, receiver. Right. You know those dudes love speed. But I will give you this on Bateman. It's Copycat League. And Bateman, to me, is this year's Justin Jefferson. It's like that kid you want to turn your back on. You go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but what? He's a route runner. He catches with his hands. He does every single thing. I guarantee you, all of those people that had those doubts about, you know what they said about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, but he's only great because of those other guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's only great because everybody's paying attention to Jamar Chase. Yeah, no, sometimes a team is that good because they're all great. Mm-hmm. It's not just because one guy, they're all great. They're all great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it takes a good eye to be able to take that out of the equation and look at a dude for who he is. And Bateman doesn't have all of those guys around him, and he still was able to, to be productive. So I, I'll give that to you. A guy who's built like that, um, who plays that way, and like I said, it's a copycat league. And there's somebody out there who missed on Justin Jefferson is saying, you know what, Bateman is Justin Jefferson light. So we're going to take it. 
And and so that that's it. And I, I think he could he's certainly a first rounder. That part, you know, I don't think it's debatable. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a little higher on some teams' boards. Can I give you a faller? Come on. I'm gonna stick with wide receiver, a guy you're familiar with. Fast guy. I think Kadarius Tony might fall a bit. You know what? I think he might fall a bit. I, I've been talking to a couple people because I was like, oh, he's not gonna be there at 38. And then I looked at some things and I talked to a couple people. I don't think the Bengals would take him at 38. So I let wouldn't me, be shocked if he falls a bit. Let me tell you what I've heard people say. That he takes he takes a lot of steps. There's a lot of things about his route running that won't translate to the NFL. Like all of that, all of that stuff that he does, that works. In, but by the time he gets through all of those steps, that quarterback is sacked. They want to see you go up, up, make your move, go, boom, get it, and go. And the way Florida ran their stuff, he was able to do a lot of things. It was almost like, like the four tops. They were dancing. He was taking a lot of steps, and he's doing this. But he did help himself because there were people talking about he's going to run a four five or four six, and he was five ten. No, he was six feet tall, and he ran a four four one. Even though I could probably the way they're timing people, he's, I could run a four four these days. You know what I'm saying? But he did it, and they used their own stop clocks and their stopwatches, and he did it. So. The physical stuff, I would not – If he, I'm not saying he won't fall, but if he does, some people will get their feelings hurt because that kid can play. You put sure. the ball in his hands, he has unreal balance for a football player. Once he catches the ball, he reminds you of uh, Alvin Kamara because his balance is unreal. If you try to tackle him just by grabbing his legs, it's going to be a touchdown. He's going to get away. He's going to pull away from you. He's going to get skinny and squeeze between people. He's a natural football player. He's a quarterback you know, in high school, they, he just really learned how to run routes. So I, I think it would be a little bit of a mistake to, to let him drop, but to your credit, he might, because that's how people think round one. If you had to predict today, no top of the top of round two. Gotcha. Top of round two round one for me and you though, we're both first round picks <laughs> and it's only because of the fans of this show, man. And we appreciate you guys. You guys can tune in on the Odyssey app. And wherever you get your podcast for Locked On NFL Wednesday, we'll be back at you this time next week. Same time, same place to bring you more show for James Rapine, for Tony Wiggins. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. We have more information for you next week. Tune in every single day. The boys will be here tomorrow with another great show. Take care and continue to take care of each other. And we'll see you next time.